How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We don't always swear, but when we do, it's on podcasts. Please listen responsibly. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter one of The Will of the Empress. Yay! No! (laughs) Grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's not let anyone in and shut everyone out. Once again, I would like to read the dedication. So this book says, To my intelligent, talented, idealistic, imaginative, enthusiastic fans of all ages, of both sexes, of all religions and races and ethnic backgrounds, you give me hope for the present and future. You're the reason why I love to keep doing what I do. Nobody, but nobody, has cooler fans than I have. Thank you so much for taking my books into your lives. Aww. That's so sweet. sweet. This is why I love her so much. The Will of the Empress opens with Sandry on her 16th birthday. Notably is the 12th of Wart Moon, the year of 1041 KF, after the fall of the Crystal Empire. And Bergen wants us to know that Wart Moon is August. And we actually get dates, like actual real life dates. I already feel so different from all the other books because of having dates and having everything broken. It was kind of jarring, but kind of refreshing. Right. Sandry is turning 16. She really, really misses her friends who've been gone for two years. For her birthday, she gets tax reports and stuff because she has lands in Namorn. She is not in Namorn. Her cousin Ambrose is taking care of her lands for her. And so he sends her quarterly reports or annual reports. She actually handles this kind of stuff for Duke Fedris all the time, but she really hates handling it for Namorn. And so they kind of have this conversation about that. And then she's like, okay, fine. I'll do my my noble duty. Then we skip ahead to a few, a few months later with Daja coming home with Frostpine. They're very close to Emelon and she's so excited to get back to discipline. And Frostpine's like, oh, whoopsies. I forgot to tell you that now that you're 16, you can't live at discipline anymore because you're basically an adult. You're a fully fledged mage and you just don't really need to be at Winding Circle anymore. We're kicking you out of the nest. That just sort of ruins her entire day. But same though. So then about a week later, Sandry finally goes to visit Daja at number six Cheeseman Street, which is the house that she has gotten. Excellent street name. Sandry has been missing her family for two years and really wants to get the gang back together and like have her family again. Daja feels like she has lost her home. Basically, they just kind of fight about the fact that both of them have lost their homes and sort of blame each other for this. 
and agree that they are not going to open up their mental connection again. Now we skip ahead to uh, not quite a year later. And Tris is coming home. She is still dealing with having to see things on the wind. She settles Glocky in with Lark, then goes to join Daja at number six Cheeseman Street. And she is very aware of the fact that Daja and Briar have the ability to make money for themselves. And she doesn't. She's like, I'll earn my keep. I'll be your maid. And Daja's like, no, you're my sister. I got a house at the tower for you. Oh, Tris. Then we skip ahead again, not quite a year. And Briar has come home. He's going to spend his first night or two at Discipline before going out on his own. Similar to Tris, he settles he settles Evie into Discipline Cottage. He can't sleep, and he goes and he lays out in the garden. He has nightmares about war. Rosethorn comes out, and we find out they have been through some kind of war in the last four years between Street Magic and the Will of the Empress. Then uh, Tris sees him headed toward the house. And she goes and notifies the other girls. They like put out a spread and Briar comes home and they're all together. Yay. Only they're not exactly together and they're not like opening up to each other. Boo. The end of chapter one. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like. Tell me all about your feels. Can we just look at Daja for a minute? Daja has found a house that fits everyone's needs. There's the garden, there's the tower, there's the fort. Like she's made sure everybody has a place. And I absolutely love that. There's a really interesting conversation that I caught in the Tamara Pierce Discord a while back. Basically, it was about how what's really going down between Daja and Sandry in that first scene is Daja has gone and bought this place and basically like set it up to be in Discipline Cottage 2.0. But Sandry has been expecting her friends and waiting for them and has probably set up a whole wing of the Duke's Citadel to be Discipline Cottage 2.0. On some level, they're both getting snubbed by the other without trying to. I can see that. Yeah. Because, yeah, obviously yeah, Sandry wanted them to, to stay there because yeah. it's essentially a palace. Why wouldn't you want to stay at the ruling seat and of she's the got town plenty of room. She's, up in? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like when Triss shows up and tells Daja, like, I'll, I'll earn my keep, I'll be your maid. And she's like, no, I like made a space for you. It's very, like, we don't see it, but it's very likely that Sandry has been like, this is my family. I am going to carve out a space for them. And then Daja gets back and just goes and gets her own space and doesn't even communicate with Sandry for a week. Yeah, which is unfortunate because, I, I don't know, I, I also think that Daja brings up some very real concerns about yeah. staying I, there. Sure, I, I'm sure that Sandry did have all that set up, and that's great, but, you know. Sandry could have warned her, like Daja said, and she could have asked her, hey, is this something that you would like to do, instead of just assuming that that's what everybody's going to want to do. Frostbite's the one who's really in the wrong there. Yeah, Frostbite's the wrong But at the same time, Sandra shouldn't be making decisions for everyone. Like, oh, everyone is definitely going to live here. Like, okay. But, well, but that can't we also, like, can't we also say that Daja's thing. making decisions for everyone? Like, like Daja kind of does the same thing. She wrote a letter telling them for whenever they got there, hey, there's a place here for you whenever you get here. Sandry didn't even do that. She just decided for everyone that she had a space for them. And we're going to be a happy family again. You're just going to move back in. No questions asked. At least Dodge made the attempt. Like, I have a place well, here for you if you ha- want a place to stay. There is a place here for you. Dodge wrote a letter to Tris and Briar. She didn't communicate at all with Sandry. Yeah, and he's mad at she her. Could have, which I don't blame her. I feel that if we're gonna say Daja's actions are justified because she's mad at Sandry, even if she doesn't have much reason to be, Sandry's actions are just as justified because, as we find out, she has been super upset about the fact that they all went and left her. Yeah, and uh, don't tell people they can do things if you're not okay with it. That, well, that's part of the I, communication as well, though. That's too. that uh, oh. that 
that brings up a very, very important point that I think is kind of the crux of the reason why they're upset at each other. I don't have it pulled up, but it's a section where Daja is talking to Cassandra and is saying, like, I'm mad because I thought that you would know me better because they were connected for so long, you know, mm-hmm. mentally and then and, and magically. They don't know each other like that. They they do know each other on a pretty pretty normal level, but you can't be inside of each other's heads, even though they kind of were for a while, but after two years, things change. Right. And Daja expected Sandry to know exactly what she was feeling when they weren't able to have that connection that they used to have. But mm-hmm. Sandry also wanted them to just magically know what she was feeling as well when every yeah. when everybody left. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's the point that they 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 both just assumed yeah. that they knew what each other would want, but that was actually just what they wanted, and they just assumed that the other people would just step in line because that's how things had been. But things right. change; they they've right. become like, different people. My different experiences it's just you know it's not as simple as it as it used to be the whole first four books is them learning to communicate with each other and then the next four books they're having to deal with a lot of shit on their own uh, i i mentioned this earlier but like when you lose contact with someone no i mean they, they still wrote letters like that that is still a thing but when you lose contact with someone for a period of time you do grow apart it doesn't matter how close you were i don't think it's fair to sit here and blame either of them they both have blame that can be put on them sandry should have at the beginning be like I really don't want you guys to go. I understand y'all want to go, but I don't want you to go. Instead of just going, yeah, go ahead. You, I mean, this is what you want to I- do. I also feel like Daja should have been like, hey, I don't feel like whenever she came back, she should have been like, hey, I feel like you just expected us to move in and be not exactly, but basically court jesters. Being like, I don't want that. And I don't feel like that's what's for me. I I, I feel like there's a lot of lost communication I don't know. I, I feel like it's not entirely fair to say that it was wrong of Sandry to not tell them that she didn't want them to go. I think that it's more fair to criticize her for not writing to them and saying, hey, I have a place for you in Duke Citadel if you want to come stay here. I have been in that position a lot where I'm like, I really don't want to say yes to this, but I know that if I say no, I'm going to like crush them. And I feel like that's where her her agreeing for them to leave came from. Uh, uh, that she knew I'm really going to miss you, but also if the situation was reversed and I were leaving and I got to go on this adventure, I would want you to say yes. What I love about this is the whole thing where they are refusing to communicate through mind speak is just a metaphor for them just being shit at communicating across the board. Yeah. I I said it earlier. I think that the way this chapter is written is very, very realistic. As someone who has lost touch with friends and then reconnected with them. Like, okay, Shannon, I lost touch with her for five years. When we did get back into contact, I think that honestly it was between both of us. Like I, I, I know where I was to blame, but I think also it wasn't entirely just me, but right. there was a failure to communicate. Uh, Cheese Man Street. I already said this, but God damn, that's a great street a name. Fucking phenomenal name. I love it so much. Fucking Cheese Man Street. How many? Is it just one Cheese Man? Are there multiple Cheese Men? So many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Triss has blue tinted spectacles, which, if you're familiar with nowadays, blue light glasses are a thing to protect your eyes from uh, from the harsh glare of our computer screens everywhere i think it's just more proof that tamra pierce is a time traveler yes (laughs) yes clearly she's taking stuff from our time back then i liked it when chime ditched triss for daja and 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 triss says traitor (laughs) evie has a friend named luvo who's luvo are we gonna find out is that from the other book 
Is it a cat? When that name came up, my brain just went to Ludo from Labyrinth, the big rock guy. Mm, mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Ludo said. I love the whole sequence with Briar because I remember so distinctly reading it and going, what the hell is going on? I love to read this book with people because I love to see the reaction to that opening bit. It ain't good. No. It really isn't good at all. Uh, I really like the part where Triss sees Briar with her vision magic. Yeah. Like, hey, if I run right now, I can get back home and get some cookies started. Amen. Hey, it's like, a very good one thing to do. <laughs> like, oh, yes. he, he's headed home. I'm going to go start making all his favorite stuff to eat. Uh, my first like is we open with Sandry having the circle in her lap and she's like rubbing the knots on it. Like, oh, I miss my friends. It was really cute, but really sad. Like, oh, my first dislike was it's Sandry's birthday and nobody's home. And it's so sad. She was hoping her friends would be there for her 16th birthday. And she gets a package and she's like, oh, it must be from one of my friends. And then she's like, oh, no, it's not. No sweet 16 for Sandry. But I thought she was being a little unfair here because her very next thought was like, Ambrose probably had no idea that his reports would arrive today. So you never know. She never knows when she's going to get actual like packages and stuff. So she doesn't know if she has a package in the mail or not that could come tomorrow, perhaps. Maybe they didn't forget. It's just a day late. This reminds me of, I think it's the second Harry Potter book because he's made all these friends at school and he gets no letters. Mm -hmm. Yep, second book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, My next dislike is when Daja finds out that she's not going to be able to live at Discipline anymore. It's very sad. Bad Frostpine. I love you, Frostpine, but you're waiting until you're going home and she's all excited. Like, yay, I'm going to get to go home and get resettled into my room at discipline you could have warned the girl like come on frostpine this that, that was terrible on his part there is just something about these teachers where they seem to forget very important details about right? adulting for these children that they just Okay, in their defense, I forgot. These kids are very adult-like, so it's probably (laughs) easy to forget that they're not adults and that they're actually children. So they probably do forget those kind of things because they're so used to being adult-like with them that they just assume, oh, they already know this. They're adults. They know. Right. I I was going to say, like, there's also the possibility. Well, we, we, we know that they're all, you know, in their... 30s and 40s so it's been a while since they've had to do this um we, we can assume let's be honest uh, and now we know what assumptions are um but we can assume that rose thorn and lark immediately told briar and sandry because of the yeah. fact that they are the head of discipline and they're and they're That's there true. but Frostpine isn't he doesn't seem like he takes on a lot of students anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. he had Curel, but that didn't seem like it lasted for very long. Well, I was going to say also, like, he wasn't teaching Curel magic. He was just teaching him smithing. He wouldn't have had to worry about that. And if we, we make the, uh, again, we know what assumptions are, but if we make the assumption that he hasn't had very many magical students in general right so he probably isn't used to having to tell somebody that because all his students are either with him for like a year or two and they move on before they even turn 16 or they're probably older than 16 so he doesn't have to worry about that thing he's not ever had a student that I don't feel like it's that much of an assumption to say he hasn't had a lot of magical students because we know that Frostpoint and Dasha are basically like the only people in the world with their magical gift. Yeah. So. And the, the other thing is he is a dedicate. So he is a part of the temple itself. And another thing to keep in mind is it is stated that it's either you kick rocks or you become a dedicate. There is really no other option. 
So also it mentions that she did already know this. So I guess he did tell her. She just assumed that they're a special case. It doesn't apply to them. Everything else hasn't applied to them. So why would this be any different? My next like is when Briar describes the medallion as a leash. To prove to the law we won't run loose and pee on the bushes. And Nico replies, crude, but accurate. Love that Briar has not changed. No, he has. He He has. But nope, he's still my boy. (laughs) Still my boy. My next dislike is when Daja can't look at Frostpine or she'll start crying. So she just pretends to be happy. Like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I can get a house. No big deal. But inside she's like wanting to break down and just sob. Poor girl. I'm so sad. Whenever Tris comes home and she has to drop Glocky off, that's my next dislike. It's so sad. And uh, Glocky is crying because she only has had Tris and Little Bear as a family. And now her family is just going to be Little Bear. And I'm sure she'll warm up to Lark and Rose Thorn, but it's so heartbreaking. Well, she'll warm up to Lark anyway. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then at the end of this little paragraph, it says, at least Blocky had adjusted to the loss of Triss's teacher. Did Nico die? (laughs) Is he dead? So what happened? I was waiting for somebody to say this. Oh my God. I thought it was just him leaving. Like, oh. Part of me is wondering if he died. I'm Nico. I gotta go do other shit. Because Tris doesn't seem all that upset. And I would think she'd be very upset if her teacher died. She just wouldn't be like, ah, he left. It's fine. Yeah. Also, if he died, like, way to bury the lead, Pierce. (laughs) Right? Uh, uh, Goodwin just stole this one of uh, my next, like, of. Tris taking care of Glocky and playing with her and making sure she's washed and everything. It was so cute. And she's a good mom. She's a mother. My next like is when Tris tells Chime that they'll love you. Everyone loves you. At least they'll love you if you don't go around eating their expensive powders and things. (laughs) And then Chime starts arguing with her like, I don't eat stuff. Yes, you do. Stop it. There's a paragraph here that I like it says all that mattered to Briar was that he was safe at discipline that little bear still remembered him uh that Rose Thorn seemed more like her old self than she's been since they'd reached the far east even the sight of the <laughs> temple habits earth green here at discipline fire red air yellow water blue novice white on a spiral road didn't rattle him so he's safe he feels safe and it's sweet that is until That's nighttime interesting because I completely read that as he was telling himself that well, I, you have read the book. I have not. So when I first read that, I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then nighttime comes. And I'm like, oh, he's not safe. That's it's interesting because when I first read it, I just went, what? Why would they bother you? And he's like, the bells don't bother me. And I'm like, why would they bother you? It didn't click for me. I'm a, I didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like, fair. Oh. That's fair. My next like, this is probably horrible because it's in a part where Briar is freaking out because all these different things are going on and, and he's like, what, what, what is all these sounds? But the part I like is he's like, the attic floor creaked. Was that fellow up there rolling to and fro? <laughs> just imagine oh Homer's just like rolling around on the floor. <laughs> My next like is when Rose Thorne tells Briar, I doubt that Dodge would write to say she has a floor of the house opening onto the garden set aside for you if she didn't mean for you to live there. Duh, Briar, come on. But to be fair, Tris kind of has the same reaction, right? Yeah. My next dislike is when Briar tells Rose Thorne, I don't want them in my mind. Seeing what I saw, hearing what I heard, smelling, I don't want them knowing the things I did. And I don't know if I can hide that away from them once they get in. It's everywhere, Rose Thorne. All that mess. My heart's a charnel house. I have no way of cleaning it up yet. Like, oh my gosh, this poor boy. Yeah. It's so sad. My, baby. my next like is when Tris says, he's too skinny if you didn't notice. What was he eating all this time? Leaves? Oh, there were <laughs> Bri- some grubs too. Briar shows up. Yeah. Like, well, there were some grubs too. <laughs> like, oh my he has not lost that. his sense of humor. No, he has not. And then he uh, asks, Tris, or Asdaja, sorry. Are you too cheap to hire a cook? 
and just like as if I would let a cook fix all your favorite dishes for you. That's my job. Dodge is like, my cook left three days after Trist moved in. (laughs) (laughs) Stop scaring everyone off. And just like, if people would do things right, I wouldn't have to be scary. Okay. When Dodge says things change, we change with them. We sell before the wind. We become adults. As adults, we keep our minds and our secrets hidden and our wounds. It's safer. It's true and it's sad. <laughs> and yes, it's, it's the, the landslide song. For it's, sure. That is almost the lyrics word for word. Every woven scrap in the Duke Citadel had learned the girl's power since she had come to look after her great uncle Vedras. I love that. Sandry walks in and everything is like, ooh, hello. Yes, I will stay clean now. I'm sorry. We, we talked about the, uh, the comment of traitor, but I love Daja just leading the way. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you're so pretty. I love you. You're so cute. In reference to Chime, <laughs> Rose Thorne's line of I'm the same. I don't mean to put it off. Terrible events have long-lasting effects. Boy, they can poison our lives. Ain't that the fucking truth, man? Rose Thorns out here just spitting fucking truths. This one's a dislike. <laughs> I have to preface that before I just start reading. Briar stared at her. Had Rose Thorn run mad? Help me, boohoo, and wail and drape themselves all over me and treat me as if I was a refugee? More like, he said tartly, want me to talk about it like talking pays for anything and cuddle me and cosset me. Did some Imperial Yejing brute knock you in the head 10 or 12 times? <laughs> that doesn't sound like our girls. <laughs> I love those two so much. You can't see it because I don't have my camera, but I've got like a fucking thousand yard stare going on. Uh. (laughs) It's also funny because in past books, Briar kind of just wanted Sandry to coddle him. And now he's like, no, they're going to coddle me. That sounds like something he'd be into. I I don't know. Not from his sister's. Not not like in a attracted way, but like having someone say, hey, that sucks you went through that shit. I'm sorry. And then gives you a hug. This part where Sandri says, I'm not being fair, she told herself. I know that. I also know I don't want to be fair. That's a mood. Whole ass mood. Sandri getting scolded by her uncle for the first time ever. Yeah. She's been very much on the, the like straight and narrow to never be scolded by him. Like straight up. Right. And this was a very minor thing. Like, I, I can only imagine how mean he could get if, like, one of his retainers was like, oops, I accidentally threw a half a ton of apples down the river or something. <laughs> I, I don't know, something something serious, but not, like, life-threatening. And he'd just be like, what, right. what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> don't you know uh, I wear authority like a cloak? When Dodges described, she wore her wiry black hair in masses of long, thin braids wrapped coiled and pinned at the back of her head, an elegant style that drew attention to the muscled column of her neck. This reminds me of the way Triss wears her hair. Do Daja and Triss just kind of have the same hairstyle now? And then also the description of Frostbine. He was brown like Daja, but where her build was solid, he was wiry, his muscles, cables that lined his long body. I don't know if we just haven't gotten a description like this or if I just not attended to it, but I guess I didn't realize that Frostbine isn't the like big bulky blacksmith dude just the description of frostbite as as wiry is interesting in cold fire i legit thought he looked like like hagrid just like covered in coats and stuff like big (laughs) yeah i just assumed he was big throughout but yeah wiry like that kind of changes how i saw him too yeah maybe he's big just because he's covered in coats (laughs) (laughs) that that could be it Because let's admit it, normal people in that book wear like three layers. So he probably wore at least six. Uh, And and I think like blacksmiths have, you have a mental image of someone like jacked from like the arms up because they're whacking on steel and stuff all day. We know, we also know Daja's birthday, which is the 30th of Seed Moon, which is April, April 30th. That's my brother's birthday. Hey. Whoa. We've talked about this before. Daja was a smith with intense bonds to fire but for all that she was normally slow to anger i know indy pointed out in an episode a long while back probably a couple seasons back just like how daja is different as somebody who uses fire because usually when we see characters who are magically connected to fire they're very hot-tempered yes at the end of daja and sandry's fight they're just like well fine fine 
And then Sandrine turns to walk away. And then before she leaves, she turns around and she's like, and you're invited to dinner tomorrow at six. <laughs> I love those two, though. Like, even when they're fighting, <laughs> I, I think it kind of is a, tes- a testament to, like, their friendship in general. Because yeah. Sandry was Daja's first friend. And I think, honestly, vice versa. We have talked about Briar and Daja's reasons for not wanting to reconnect mentally. But we haven't really touched on Triss's, I don't think. And I think Triss has the least reason. <laughs> Just remember all those Southern mages who found out I could see a little or hear a little on the winds, she reminded herself, how they acted as if I had stolen something from them, as if I would steal. How they kept saying I thought myself better than them when I was trying not to throw up from the headaches. How they started hiding their notes and closing their doors as I came by. Do I want Sandry and Daja to change like that on me? Do I want them deciding I I think I'm better than they are just because I can do a special trick? And this reminds me of where Briar is talking to Rosethorn and he's like, oh, they'll coddle me and boohoo and blah, 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 and just pity me. And Rosethorn goes, excuse me? Like, what happened to you in the last four years? And I feel like this is exactly what's going on with Triss. Oh, they're going to be jealous and all this stuff. And I'm like, did you forget who your siblings are? Right. Because I think you That's forgot. kind of what it feels like. Because, like, first of all, she already has powers that, like, the rest of them don't. Yeah. Right. Just over, over larger variety of nature stuff. And they... She is, she is the Avatar. Yeah. Yes. She, she has... And they already know it. I don't yes. think they've ever treated her differently for that. No. I don't think adding one more thing to her repertoire would do that. But I also feel that Triss has like the lowest self-esteem out of everyone in the group just yeah, because of the yeah. way she grew up and how she was For constantly sure. just shed on by her family and moved around and everyone just, you know, saying that they don't like her because she's dangerous, she's causing storms, she's destroying stuff. And she's that, a burden. Yeah, yeah, like she's a burden, exactly. And so she comes back after not seeing them for a while, already feeling bad about being able to see stuff on the wind and like physically feeling bad about it too, coming home and not really having a lot of money and being like, shit, I'm just kind of like freeloading here on top of already feeling bad about the other stuff. And it's just like, doesn't throw herself at, at, you know, Dodge's mercy. She's like, you know, hey, I'm willing to work to stay here. And Dodge is just like, Dodge and, and, and Sandra were both like, what? Which I still feel like kind of snuck her way into doing anyway because she ran the cook off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, I'm going to get rid of the cook and I will still make myself useful since I'm freeloading. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of her attitude. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to see because we know that her family would not treat her that way. In street magic, Shakan is described as a specific type of miniature tree, like a, because he does these like, like a shape. Mm-hmm. But here it says an assortment of Shakans or miniature trees. And so like some, it's like sometimes she uses that as a specific tree and sometimes she uses it as just like a miniature tree for miniature tree yeah you know wine meddles with my magic but maybe briar can drink it maybe time runs backwards (laughs) yes so really the only other part that i have marked is uh that i just like that briar calls daja dodge dodge and I'm Dash. waiting for her, him to call Triss Copper Curls again. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Kane. Yeah, that's, that's what I got. Yeah. I, I feel like that was a consensus, right? Yeah. Well, then I'm going to pull an indie. Oh, oh no! Oh. All, right, let's see. All right, let's hear it. So I actually have two. The first one I wrote was resentment. Mm, yeah. yeah. The second one that I wrote was the quote from Rose Thorn. Indy read it a minute ago, but um, it poisons. Terrible events mind. have yeah. Terrible events have long lasting effects. Boy, they can poison our lives. And I just feel like that that's that quote sums up this chapter very nicely. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. Indy, tell us all about it. As someone who does have PTSD and as someone who has a general, a quote, generalized anxiety disorder. I feel that though. This whole interaction between Briar and Rosethorn speaks to me on a deep personal level because I am both at the same time. I am such a proponent of mental health. Talk to somebody, um, take medications, do meditation, listen to music, paint, whatever it is that makes you feel better. Your mental health is super, super important. It's coming around. We're, we're starting to lose some of the stigma around it. But especially with men, mental health in, in regards to men is just frustrating to me because there is so much toxic masculinity kind of around the idea that men need that. We're, we're, we're taught that if a guy shows any kind of emotion other than horny and angry, then he's a girl like it's an insult i i i am such an advocate for mental health like get your brain better you wouldn't sit there and there's a picture that i use quite often and i can't remember what the comic is from but it is someone hurling their guts up in a toilet and somebody standing behind them that says have you ever just tried not having the flu we sit there and we we talk about, oh, well, you have to go through rehab if you like have a traumatic injury. You lose a leg, you have to go to the re- through rehab and there, there are options. You could get a prosthetic, you can choose not to get a prosthetic, like you can go crutches, you can go wheelchair. Like there are so many options to help for so much. But if somebody says, oh, I'm bipolar, oh, that's just in your brain. That's just in your head. Well, yeah, listen, your brain is an organ. 
it can also get sick. We don't sit there and stigmatize people who have brain cancer. Why would we do that? But the reason why I'm taking this as my magic is because of Briar's reaction to all of this. The why would I want to talk to somebody if all they're going to do is like coddle me and just be like, oh, it's okay. I understand when like you don't. My my PTSD, when it hits, when I get stuck in that place, I'm angry. I try so hard not to be angry, but I am. And I get super confrontational and super just hyper aggressive. And other people with PTS will stop and they will break down and they will freeze or they will run or they will regress. So everybody's reactions are different. We need to find things, help people individually. And I need to remember personally that it's okay for me to go, I have severe PTSD and it's hard for me to be around older men. It is incredibly hard because all I want to do is fight or run. And my problem is, is I don't have a fight or flight reflex. I have a fight or fight reflex. (laughs) And so like, it's okay for me to say that and communicate that. And like half the time my brain wants to go, nope, no, it's not. No, it's not. Nobody else is like this. Nobody else experiences this. This is all you. Your brain is broken. You have to deal with it yourself. And like, I haven't had a therapist in a couple of years because of the problem that I know I'm going to face. It's the you're the enemy until you're not. And like, I know that I need to get back into therapy and I need to actually like get back into things that help. And like this just really kind of hits home because I had a really bad lapse while we were in Dallas. And so like re like rereading it now, <laughs> it's kind of been like a, oh hey, I might need to like actually get back into therapy and talk to somebody and yeah so the personal magic that i pulled out of this was uh when sandra is talking to duke vidris about essentially doing their taxes she talks about how she hates doing her own but she doesn't mind doing duke vidris's because he's already had health issues he's got too much to worry about and she's doing it out of this altruism that she has in herself when it comes to her own interests that that I guess would be kind of selfish she puts that off it reminded me that I need to put myself not always right like there's there's obviously some gray area there but to stop putting others needs ahead of my own it's okay to be selfish sometimes it's okay to take care of your own stuff when you need to and not always be at the beck and call of other people that clearly doesn't mean you know never help someone out when they need it but to also prioritize myself and my my limited time and mental capacities to not just other people's problems, to try to also take care of my own because I've been letting stuff lapse and I really need to get back on it. I'm going to start tonight. It's okay to be selfish and to take care of your own stuff and not always put others in front of you. I, I need to work on that one too. I feel like I agreed to so many different things sometimes. I'm so stressed later, like, why did I agree to all these things? Now I, I, if I say something, then I'm going to make somebody upset. I can't make anybody upset because I already said I would do it. Uh, I get you, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is a whole thing. Mine is when he scolds Sandry and he says, just because your Namorini's inheritance is in land and in Nemorn is no reason for you to treat it lightly, my dear. And I feel like I do this a lot. I just focus on the things that are in front of me. I don't care about stuff that can be done later. Like this isn't a priority because it's not like, the main focus right now. I have all these other things going on and I feel like I let things fall to the wayside. That's not important right now. It's probably important to you, but I just let it go. Like, it's not a big deal. It'll figure it out. And especially, I feel like I do that with my friends a lot. Like I have 
my family to take care of. I have kids to take care of, but I also have my friends and my friends are important too. I should be like, oh, well, they'll be there. They understand. It's fine. So if you guys ever feel like I'm being that way, I'm sorry. I love you guys. You know what? Because you were saying that, I just had to message Robin because I haven't talked to Robin in over a month. You're you're, you're changing minds already. There you go. No, I don't ever feel that way. Mm-mm. You're busy and I love you. And it doesn't matter if you don't talk to me for three days or three years. <laughs> Let's not make it three years. <laughs> Let's not make it three years. But the point still stands. I have two, actually. The first one is communicate. That is exactly what everyone in this chapter is not doing. Yes. With the exception of Rose Thorn. Rose Thorn is yes. the only person in this chapter who legit communicates with people. I'm sure Which like Lark does, but she doesn't like say anything, right? I feel like it doesn't totally surprise me because Rose Thorn is very straight. Well, yeah, and she's talking to Briar. That's and they're very fair. close. Yeah. So. That's fair. With the exception of Rose Thorn. You know what? I lied. Vedris also communicates. Vedris and Rose Thorn communicate. Yes. But the kids don't, and Frostbind doesn't. Frostbind definitely doesn't. <laughs> For my book club at work, I'm currently reading Breakout by Kate Messner, which is an excellent novel. I highly recommend it. That's a theme that keeps coming up in that book. This is more just a thing I've been thinking about, but I do kind of see it reflected in this chapter, is I've realized recently that I have this tendency to predict that people will be hostile in certain encounters. Going into a situation, I will sit there and go, oh, what if this person says this or this person's going to react this way and it will like make me angry to think about the possibility that they will say this but I feel like more often I assume that people will be hostile rather than not and I kind of feel like that's sort of how Daja and Sandri go into this. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter two of The Will of the Empress. The 29th day of Carp Moon, 1043 KF, number six, Cheeseman Street, Summersea, Emelon. Duke Vedris, riding into the courtyard, followed by his guards, was dismounting when he heard Daja's familiar voice raised in a bellow. Triss, that little flying glass monster of yours just stole fish row pearls. A moment later, the duke heard Briar shout, Triss, tell this creature it cannot roost in my shackhands. Laquique's teeth, I'd have her guts for string if she had guts. From the top of the house, booming on a mad swirl of wind, they heard Triss yell, I'm meditating up here. The, du- the duke looked at the sergeant of his guard. Did you know that the magical rune for discord is the combination of the rune for house and two runes for mage? The woman grinned. I wonder what it would be for the... For a house with three mages. Number six Cheeseman Street, murmured one of the other guards. <laughs> Damn. Roasted. <laughs> the shutters on a third floor window slammed open and a red nose poked out. Mila's blessings. One moment, your grace. Tris called. The shutters closed with a snap. Your grace is lucky, said the guard who had just spoken. That one likes you. It could be so much worse for us all if she didn't. The Duke frowned briefly at the man. Trish is sharp-tempered, it's true, but she is a good friend to those in need. The man bowed his head. Yes, Your Grace. Within minutes, a manservant had taken charge of the guards and the horses, and Trish had settled the Duke in the sitting room. I'd like to speak with the three of you, if I may, asked Vedris when she had served him tea. I know you're busy, but I have a rather large favor to ask. Trish curtsied, blushing slightly. Of course, Your Grace, she said. The others are on their way. They just need to tidy up. He smiled at her. He had long known that the younger Triss had admired him, as a young girl would admire a polished older man who talked of books with her. From the color on her cheeks, it seemed that some of her old feelings still remained. Did you summon them from here? He asked. Sandry told me you had all closed your connections to one another. Triss's blush deepened. I sent the maid. We're not who we were, Your Grace, she explained. Would you like it if Sandry walked freely in your mind among all the things you've been and done? Sure, a fire sword, I would not. The very thought gave Vedris goose flesh. They say travel gives you a world of experiences. Briar came in, still drying his hands. Well, I have plenty of experiences I wouldn't share with my worst enemy. Vedris raised his eyebrows. Not even with the girls who understand you best, he asked mildly. 
Briar grinned. Particularly not with the girls. I know about the cookmaid, Trist muttered. You're lucky she's too silly to think you're serious. What are you worried about? Snapped Briar. I make sure any girl I go walking with knows I'm not serious. Walking? Asked Daja. She entered the room and kissed the Duke on the cheek before she looked at Briar and raised an eyebrow. Is that what you call it? Bedra saw that all three of the young mages frowned despite their jokes. The discord Sandry had told them about still continued, it seemed. Please spare me what any of you would call it, Vedra said delicately. At the sound of his voice, they all looked at him. Briar grinned and shrugged, taking a chair. Daja followed suit while Tris poured out tea for the others. <laughs> ah, jeez. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly. Brittany. Indy. And Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. So the reason why I paused just because I was going to say I'm Brittany and I'm like, wait, hold on, brain, no. I was going to say it's been a, it's been <laughs> I was a little gonna bit. I was going to ask if you'd forgotten your name. I had forgotten I was, my name. I was it's... very tempted to be like, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm excited. <laughs> my heart hurts. <laughs> I'm scared. And I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.